0: live in at times, I think, um, quite often we find ourselves in positions where we feel like we're being ridiculed and criticized for our beliefs and our lifestyles as Christians. We find that the world wants to try and punish us for trying to lead people to Christ, when that's what we're called to do. But that's Okay. Because God has commanded that we will need to suffer just a little bit. So don't always let it get you down when it seems like the world's against you. Because the world is in the folds of the devil there. So they're leading the life they think is best, even though it's not always what's best. 1 Peter Chapter 4, we find that Peter, one of the disciples of Christ, seems like he was the uh, head of the bunch. Uh, What we know about him is that, one, he was married. We're not sure if he had any children or not, but we know he was married because Christ heals his mother-in-law explicitly in the Gospels. Uh, So he's probably one of the older of the bunch. But he was also a little bit hot-headed during the arrest of Jesus he takes the ear off of one of the soldiers quick to draw that sword out so for him to say that we might need to suffer a little is a pretty big turnaround from the Peter that we know of from their youth but he's writing this letter I can't remember exactly who he's writing this letter to but he writes this letter and in it he says to rejoice in the suffering. So in chapter 4 verse 12, he says, Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but give him glory. God, uh, but let him glorify God in having that name. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be? for those who disobey the gospel of God. And if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. See, Christ never told us that we wouldn't suffer. In fact, he told us we would for his name's sake. He told us that His way was easy or easier. He never said it would be easy by the world standards. You see, when you give everything over to God, when you're allowing Him to guide your life and when you're trusting in Him, you don't have to worry because you already know the outcome. That's what makes it easy. Not that it's actually easy by the world standards. The world's actually going to try their best to make it hard on you. They're going to impose rules and regulations, ideologies that go against Christianity. But we're told over and over again, 1 Peter is just one of the instances James tells us to rejoice in the suffering. Christ says, if you're going to suffer in my name, rejoice. He says, you will suffer because they're persecuting me too. And if they persecute me, what more will they do to you? That Christ knew that we'd have to endure hardships in our life. And sometimes the suffering don't come from strangers. Sometimes it comes from friends or family. Sometimes it could be one of the closest person to you. But once you give your life over to Christ, they turn on you. Because you've changed. I can remember when I first gave my life to Christ, I said, "I it, it, it's not going to change who I am. I was wrong. (laughs) But I had that mentality. I'm going to be the same person. But slowly I started changing. And slowly I saw those old friends drift away. They didn't want to talk to me anymore. They wanted to ridicule me about it. Even when I tried to witness to them. But God put new people in my life. Like-minded people. See, suffering in Christ doesn't mean that you suffer alone. You have others with you they're going to be there for comfort they're going to be there to guide you and then you can rejoice together in fellowship with those people they say that when God closes a door he'll open a new one but if you have your hand on the doorknob and you're trying to control it you're going to suffer more than you have to There's a little suffering in the hallway. Be patient and let God do the door opening. Because God will guide you and lead you where you need to go. See, what uh, what Peter, so used to Paul, he writes so many letters. Uh, What Peter is saying here, first he addresses dear friends. So you know he's not talking to strangers. He's talking to people he knows, people he loves, people he trusts. He's telling them, I'm your friend. I'm here for you. Just as I believe and fully trust that you're going to be there for me. He says, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. He's telling them that this is going to happen. Don't be surprised when it does. When you think that a person that you've known your whole life and you trust turns on you because of your beliefs and your trust in Christ, it's going to happen. Or maybe somebody you even thought was a Christian does something that seems so out of the ordinary. Don't be surprised by it. Because sometimes there's wolves in sheep clothing. It says, And instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ. He's echoing the words of James there, where James says to count it joy instead rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. So he's saying trust in God endure just a little because Christ is coming and when his glory is revealed you'll be able to rejoice completely with him no matter what This world may throw at you, no matter what pains you may have to go through in this world, whether it's sickness, or death, or heartache, or financial troubles, or anything else. You know that in the end, Christ's glory will be revealed. The Bible tells us that every knee will bow, not just the believers. But even the unbelievers will know who the king really is when that time comes. And they will have no choice but to bow and confess their sins. The difference is is that the believers who have already done it in this lifetime will not face the same judgment as those who deny it. And that's why he tells us later that if we who are his He says, for the time has come, in verse 17, for judgment to begin with God's household. That's us. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? You see, at the time of the resurrection, at the time of the rebellion of Christ, when He comes and resurrects His people at the end times, it will be His people first. And we will face all that judgment and be Counted in the Lamb's book of life first. And those who have denied God will face a much harsher judgment. Our suffering will be nothing compared to what they will face. And that's why it's important that we witness to as many people around us as possible and we share the gospel of Christ with as many people as possible. Because just like you don't want them to suffer and hurt here in this life, you don't want them to suffer and hurt for eternity. And that's far more important than anything they'll go through here. Oh, but that Christian life is so hard. I have to give up so many fun things, or I'm going to have to face judgment for so many people. So what? I would rather face judgment from people here than face judgment from God Almighty. If I have to suffer here, that's okay. Okay because I know for eternity in glory I will get to rejoice with Christ. And that's what Peter is telling them, is that a little suffering here is nothing compared to the ultimate suffering you'll face if you deny God. So a little suffering here will be okay. A little ridicule here will be okay. A little judgment from others here will be okay when you stand before God and Christ says, that one's mine. That's the difference. You'll either hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, or get away from me, I never knew you. And even people who have proclaimed the name of Christ will hear, get away from me, I've never knew you. Because they were false believers. And unfortunately, that's a reality that we face, and we see it so many times. And quite often, those people have conned their way into leadership roles. And that's why it's important that you know the Scripture and that you test people with the Scripture. And that means that you're going to face even more ridicule, because those people are really going to fight you. But that's okay. Okay. It's worth the fight to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, Peter says, if you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed. So he's saying, just like James, it's a blessing to be ridiculed for the name of Christ, back in verse 14. He says, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. You see, when you give your life to God, in the name of Christ, you become something new. And a lot of people will notice that immediately, and sometimes it's a slow growth, and they'll notice it later. You've changed. What's different about you? And you get to say Christ is different about me. Let me introduce you to him. That's a blessing. To be able to say Christ is what's different. Let me introduce you to him. You remember what I was. Tell me who I am because of him. And that that makes a difference. I don't have wild childhood stories to tell you about drug use and everything else. I wasn't that person. I probably should have been, but I wasn't. And that's because of the... I really don't know why I wasn't. I saw people around me who lived those lifestyles, and to me it didn't look funny. but I knew something was missing. And I was looking, something was missing. And then one day, for no reason whatsoever, had a friend and a cousin talk to me about Christ because they had changed, he had changed them or he had changed her. And I went home and I read about Christ And I picked up the old family Bible and knocked the dust off and turned to the pages she'd told me to. I confessed then and there at home, not at church. See, I have an unusual conversion story. Almost everybody I know, oh, it was this wonderful sermon. No, it was a simple sign of friendship. That's all I have. I'd only visited churches here and there. But because of that, I stand up here today. And it took a long time for me to get to this point. It was a long road. Because I was convinced I wasn't going to change. I was going to be the same person I always was. I started carrying the Bible with me to school. Started reading it more. Started hanging out with churchgoers instead of the party guys that I was with that I always found entertainment in watching. It's fun to watch drunks and potheads, but I started drifting away from them. Started hanging out with the churchgoers. And I can remember getting ridiculed by my old friends for it. You changed. No, I ain't changed. I'm still the same guy. No, you changed. Something's wrong with you. I ain't hanging out with you. I didn't know it then, but I was supposed to suffer. Because believe it or not, when you suffer, you grow stronger. When you go through something hard, you learn lessons. When you feel heartache, you start to learn who you can and can't trust. When you get sick, you start to learn how to take care of yourself. When you find financial struggles, you start to learn how to manage money, hopefully. When people ridicule you, you start to learn to defend yourself. That's another thing Peter tells us in the previous chapter is to defend yourself. Be ready for everything you do in the name of Jesus because people are going to question. Be ready to give an account. That's why I started studying apologetics. I started reading C.S. Lewis. He's one of my favorite authors. Because I wanted to be ready to give an account. I started hanging out with other people who had that same like mindset, and we compare notes, and we talk about scripture. We talk about our favorite authors with each other. I want to encourage you that if you're going through something, if somebody's ridiculing you, or if you're having any kind of trouble or any kind of strife in your life, it's like Peter said here: it's okay. Trusting God. You've given your life to Christ, and he will take care of you. Stay the course. Because no matter what this life throws at you, on the other side of it is glory. On the other side of all the suffering life can give you is glory. Because you have trusted in Christ. Peter even tells us in verse 16, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. See, Christian was a derogatory term during this time. It was the Greeks and the Romans' way of making fun of those who believed in Christ. Christian literally means little Christ and so they'd make fun of look at look at these guys they're little Christians sounds kind of like what you might hear today in certain areas tired of these Christians wear that badge probably what they mean for hurt we mean for hope yeah I'm a Christian Yeah, I trust in Christ. No, I'm not perfect. But I want to be. Not in your eyes, but in His. And that's who I'm aiming to please. It's a hard, hard road. All the temptations of this world. It's a hard, hard road. If anybody's ever been in a vehicle without suspension, you know hard roads, you're going to suffer. But when you get on the other side and you reach your destination, it's worth the trip. So trust in God. That final verse says it all. Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. See, God gave us an instruction manual with what is good the will of God. Loving your neighbor, helping each other, uplifting and building one another in the name of Christ. You can flip to page after page after page in the New Testament and get the instructions that Christ gave his disciples, that he gave us. And you can flip page and page and page in the Old Testament and see that it's the same instructions that God gave to the Israelite nation. And you can see what happens when they don't follow those instructions correctly. The suffering and everything that they went through, the exile, the conquering, the struggle, 400 years of silence with no prophets until Christ came. But when Christ came, everything changed and the prophets come out of the woodwork John was the biggest one until Christ started teaching, and then John stepped aside. Now we're given these instructions that seem so odd, oh we're in a battle, love one another. We're in a struggle with the forces of evil, love even your enemy. It's not what the world teaches. The world teaches to hate everybody that don't think like you. And the world teaches to guard yourself against those people. God says love them anyway. And if they ridicule you, love them. If they hate you, love them. If they're hard on you, love them. Even if they're killing you, Christ called out, forgive them. They know not what they do. And that's the life we're supposed to lead. That's the life we're supposed to emulate. It's the life of Christ. To be hung on the cross, mocked and abused and tortured, dying and still offer forgiveness to those who are doing it. Having lived in this world, I cannot understand that, but I can try. Let's suffer a little and let's be glad in it. Let's rejoice together when we suffer. Let's comfort one another when we suffer. If we're going through something, reach out to your brothers and your sisters. And when they take your hand, they'll pull you in and they will hug you and they will love you. Because that's what we're called to do. To share in the suffering. Because I know when I'm hurt, when I'm anxious, when I'm suffering, nothing feels better and nothing makes things feel even better than a hug from someone who loves you, from an embrace from a loved one who knows that you're going through something they may not understand but they're there nonetheless. We need to suffer. That's okay. Because there's light at the end of this tunnel. Lord, Heavenly Father, I ask that you put your healing hands around each and every one of us. And that if we're going through something, let us call to you and share with each other so that we can be embraced by your Spirit. And so that we know that we don't suffer alone because we have brothers and sisters who love us. And we have you who love us so much you sent your son to die for us so that we could share in eternal glory with you. I ask that if anyone here is hurting and needs, needs that comfort, that you lay it on their heart that they share with us. And that they know that this altar is always open. And that it's here for that reason. Whether they want to lay their life on the line for you and say they give it all to you, Lord, and trust in you and accept you as their Savior. Or if they've already done that and they're just hurting and don't know how to express it, they can come and lay it down and know that you will pick it up. and that whatever we have to go through, we may experience the heartache and the pain and the suffering, but on the other side is eternity with you. On the other side of everything, we trust in you and have entrusted ourselves to you as our creator and as our salvation. We know that on the other side of this life is you and that you have prepared a place for us in glory. I ask that you honor this message and you carry it to all people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.